Good morning, everyone. This is Ben Sadiq, your host for 3P Ball, a basketball podcast. I realized as we started this podcast that we're starting midway season, and this league has been running since 2006. So there's a lot of history I have amongst a lot of the players here, of course. So I'm going to use this podcast to highlight my Week 14 opponent, Talal, otherwise known as Darth Faber. So, in his Yahoo career, he's a bronze-level player, sporting an all-time record of 78-100. to That's about a 438 winning percentage, and so below 500. And he really, in 2012, he was first place. And then after that, there was a spell where he was pretty much mid-to-bottom-tier player. 2016 and 17, he finished last place in three leagues we had uh, being the only member of our squad to have back-to-back Sacco aka last place finishes in his resume. He was also the first person to follow through and have a Sacco punishment laid upon him. Uh, This was to eat a very hot chili pepper and this man cannot handle spice so he Nonetheless, had a lot of milk afterwards, but to his credit, he did follow through on it. 2019 was the COVID year. He finished 5 of 10. Not really a memorable roster roster from what I recall. And then 2020, everything changed. Uh, his legacy, his career it really, really changed. This was a magnifying year that catapulted Talal to one of our top tier Uh, players of our league. In 2020, he drafted Jokic, Durant, Paul George, and nailed late picks in McCollum and DeRozan. He finished the regular season first place 79-64 and and walked through the playoffs and to this day, still the best waiver pickup of the championship series ever. He strategically picked up DeLon Wright, who gave him 12 steals, gave him a 509 field goal percentage and gave him 68 points. All three of those were needed to narrowly win the steal, field goal, and points category from Shiroz, winning the championship with a six and three record. So that's definitely, you know, his highlight year so far. Um, His strengths, he's a good drafter. Uh, Typically after every draft, we always preseason protect Halal to be, you know, finishing playoff bound, top tier, top echelon, good chemistry, good thought out team. He's pretty active on the waiver game. I, he, he does follow through. He watches basketball uh, regularly and decently active in trades, uh, averaging about a trade a year. He's always looking to tinker and improve. Uh, Not aggressively, but he looks for value. He realizes when he has excess of category or excess type of player and he's willing to make trades. His weaknesses, and it should be fairly uh, obvious based on his record and his trophies, he's high risk. Uh, Every year, there's a reason why pre-draft he looks good. Some years he'll finish last. Some years he'll finish upper echelon. That's because he drafts the Anthony Davises, the Porzingises, the Butlers, the Chris Pauls, the 
the high-risk entities. Um, he does have a quick trigger on dropping players, sometimes preemptively, very early on. And uh, he values, I wouldn't say it's a weakness, but he does value per game, which reemphasizes his high-risk output on players. But he looks at per game a lot, and that's part of his calculations. So that would be kind of his archaical type of uh, approach to fantasy. Now we're on to uh, current year, 2022. He currently has a 47-68-2 record. That moves, puts him in last place, 10 of 10. He's been tinkering, has made the most waiver moves at 40 in our league. 21 and a half games back of first place Chiroz and 11 games back of sixth place. In the last nine weeks, he's lost eight of nine. And the only win came against Akmal, 5-4. Just a narrow, narrow win. So he has an uphill battle to um, come and in, get into the playoffs. His next few opponents after myself, and I'm a playoff team as of now. Byron, a playoff team, is his next opponent. Followed by Shiroz, the current first place league player. Sonny, again, has been playoff bound. Until recently, uh, Ali, playoff team, Jin, a playoff team, and then finally, the last week he's facing Vahid, who is currently out of the playoffs. So, I, if you count this week, that's seven opponents, six of seven, pretty much are playoff competing teams. And we're all competing for playoffs, of course. But I'd say out of the six that are currently playoff contending or bound, they're they're all ahead of him, and it makes sense. So he kind of controls his own destiny facing playoff teams, but they're going to be challenging. In his draft, he picked Harden first, Carl Anthony Town second, Donovan Mitchell third, Jimmy Butler fourth, Chris Paul fifth, John Collins sixth, Middleton at seven, Wendell Carter at eight, Michael Porter at nine, Devin Vessel at 10, Spencer Dinwiddie at 11, Cole Anthony at 12, and Levert at 13. Of course, last week he traded his second rounder and third rounder in Carl Anthony Towns and Donovan Mitchell for Jokic. So his squad does look different. Butler's missed games. Obviously, Cat's been out. Chris Paul's been out. Uh, Harden was out for a month. Middleton has been out. He's supposed to come back Saturday, potentially. Wendell Carter has missed games. Michael Porter continues to be on and off. Devin Vessel's out for the season. And then his last three picks, 11, 12, and 13, he all dropped into the waivers. Spencer Dinwiddie probably being the one that hurts the most as he's been producing top 40 value and healthy, which is something Talal has not had. But with Jokic, with the trade, uh, there's new life into Talal's 2022-2023 season. Looking at uh, projections on his team, he is pretty much, I'd say, a, a top, top, top quartile in field goals. Uh, only about three guys that are really ahead of him. Jokic obviously bolstered that a lot. His free throw, he's the highest uh, at 831. 
Uh, I'm second, but he's by far the best at free throws. His threes and points are below average. A majority of the team, he's bottom quartile. Uh, rebounds, he has improved. Um, I'd say mid, mid rebound. Jokic obviously helps, and Middleton coming back helps. Uh, and these projections do include his uh, injured players. His assists, he has upper quartile again. Steals, he's competitive with the rest of the league. Blocks, he's below average. And turnovers, he's about average. So I'd say strong categories are definitely his efficiencies in field goal, free throws, turnovers, uh, assists. And he's competitive in steals and blocks. And you can probably uh, coast against him on threes and points if your team isn't punting those or below average on that. So I think for him to get back in the playoffs, he needs to string together a bunch of six three wins. He, he needs to. And the best part is he is facing playoff teams right now. So stringing together about three of those six three wins against playoff opponents can get him close close to that sixth spot and I don't think he'll get higher than sixth place but what a story it would be if he turns around his season from a significantly cast off member to climbing back so upcoming improvements obviously added Jokic securing him that field goal upping his points his rebounds his assists and sneaky with the steals. The return of Chris Paul, if he can come back to being efficient from the law, um, from the field and giving his standard output of threes and assists, again, just securing his resolve and also improving his turnover competitiveness. And then Middleton, just an above average all around cats. I would say the risks of his roster, he has a risk of Butler being shut down or having an aggressive rest schedule. Miami continues to be playoff bound or once they lock up seating. Chris Middleton rests. Milwaukee obviously has championship eyes. And with this reoccurring injury, there's no certainty that he would uh, play consistently or back to backs or especially late in the season. Chris Paul, similar, has been out. Phoenix is eyeing for championships. He may not play uh, as much as uh, we'd like him to, or he'd like him to. Michael Porter Jr. is a rest candidate. He obviously has those pesky back injuries, and Denver's going all in this season. If they're going to play Jokic, they're probably wise to rest Michael Porter, and vice versa. If they're going to play Michael Porter and Murray to get reps, Jokic might get rest. But since Jokic is an MVP contention, I have a feeling Michael Porter and or... Murray is going to be the recipient of more resting, uh, per se. And then uh, he did sell depth. Now, mind you, Cat was in his IR, but nonetheless, he lost Donovan Mitchell and Cat. And so his roster has a lot of below 60% rostered players in a 10-team league. That is hard. He has Bruce Brown rostered at 57%. Tyus Jones rostered at 42%. Kyle Anderson rostered at 50%. Jalen McDaniels rostered at 47%. Naz Reed 
rostered at 35%. Trey Murphy rostered at 56%. And finally, Keegan Murray was rostered at 67%. So two of them will be swapped out once Middleton and Chris Paul comes back. So out of the seven below average players, predict Tyus Jones maybe, and uh, maybe Naz Reed, uh, depending on his minutes plays, or Kyle Anderson. Uh, could be swapped out for the return of Chris Paul and Middleton. But still, I think he needs about one or two gems uh, to flush out his waiver roster. And then the final two can be just a streaming position, which should be adequate. He's pretty good at streaming and has been active. His waiver wire status is five, so he won't pick up any of the highly sought after gems. But He's just got to do his due diligence and figure out who fits his new roster and hold on to them and stream games played with the other two spots. John Collins is a trade candidate. He's been rumored almost every year, so it'll be interesting to see if he actually gets traded and what that looks for John Collins' numbers. It could, it should be a boost. He has heavy usage guards. Um, he has Capella eating up the boards and Lock, log jamming the lanes. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., uh, when Isaac comes back, it could get very ugly in there. And minutes played may be hard to come by between Wendell, Isaac, um, Ma, Bamba, Bobo. Uh, there's a lot of mouths to feed, as well as their guards. Just, I could see him not outputting what he was earlier in the series. And then finally, injury risk. I mean, he's been battling with this all year, but currently rostering a lot of waiver gutter folks here. If he has another critical injury, that may nail it for him. So that is kind of the lowdown on the Darth Vapor uh, reoccurring. So in this league of 10 members, my have my arrows pointed at five individuals historically. And Talal and I have had a rivalry per se. We both have big personalities and uh, we both want each other to lose. But on the same way, we also have been back-to-back trade partners. Um, I'd say last year I won the trade between Vanderbilt and Bain. I received Bain early in the season. But this year he might as of now, win the trade. So we have a love-hate relationship. We trade crap on each other. Uh, He's beaten me in the playoffs many times, um, taking me out of contention uh, from the finals. So in the playoff era, he does beat me. And uh, we kind of tend to have similar builds. I'm less risk-adverse, though, and I think that's what separates myself and him but he gets the reward if they stay healthy so he plays the risk game and when it wins he's dominating and wiping the league so he is my current opponent i am losing 5-4 right now i think it's gonna go down to the wire up until sunday he does have the game's advantage but we'll see how many quality games he gets as through his roster and see if chris bond middleton actually play this week which would definitely boost his uh, overall numbers a lot so that's it for me uh, i'll be doing this 
every week to introduce my opponents. And for those that I did not get to face, make it into the playoffs and I'll give you a uh, solo uh, podcast as well. Thank you, everyone. Like, subscribe, listen, provide feedback for me and uh, stay tuned. See you, everyone.